1: Hello, everyone. This is Mac Story. Welcome to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. Today, we're continuing on with our 30-part series on my book, Blue Collar Leadership and Supervision. Unleash Your Team's Potential. And if this is your first episode, this book and this 30-part series is about helping leaders, those in formal authority positions, Learn to lead others well. Learn how to influence others. Learn how to become a leader worth following. And it's also for those who aspire to lead other people. Maybe even not formally. Maybe you just want to influence people in general. This is the book. This is the content for you. Because what I'm doing in this book is actually teaching leaders who have authority and position how to lead without authority and position, which means this content applies to anyone who wants to influence anyone else. It's pretty simple. So today we're on part 12 or chapter 12. If, you're, if you've purchased the book and you're reading along or, or uh, you've been following along in the previous episodes, chapter 12 is Squint With Your Ears. Squint With Your Ears. And the subtitle is Listen With The Intent To Understand. And that little term, squint with your ears, I'm going to share the quote where I actually heard that the first time. And it's actually in the book. And it's by Kevin Cashman. And when I read it, I was like, that's good stuff right there. Got to share it. And so Kevin says, authentic listening is not easy. We hear the words, but rarely do we really slow down to listen and squint with our ears. To hear the emotions, fears, and underlying concerns. So in 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 this this chapter, this episode, helping you, I'm helping you learn to how to increase your influence by actually listening to other people. Think about it: when someone listens to you, doesn't that increase their influence? If they'll just be quiet and actually listen, or maybe reflect what you're saying, so that you know they understand. And are listening, whenever whenever they do start sharing information with you, you're more likely to listen. And so think about it. Squint with your ears. And then I also like to add in there, listen with your eyes. You can do a lot of listening with your eyes just like you can squint with your ears. And, and remember, the whole context of this series is helping you learn how to better influence people, especially if these people report to you. If you want to help them climb to the next level and beyond, which means you're going to be climbing to the next level and beyond as you and your team get great results, listening is, is one of the, the key components. So if connecting is so important, what's the most effective way to do it? And what I'm talking about is moving beyond communication and giving to someone information to actually making a connection with these people, whoever they may be, maybe your your children, may not be a co worker, may not be someone who reports to you. How do you do it? You listen. And there's an episode, uh, good ways back in the series, I forget probably it's probably somewhere in the twenties or thirties, where I actually talk about how I lost the relationship with my teenage son for for four years, from age 15 to 19. He didn't even speak to me. I got things so wrong. That's a whole different lesson than what I'm talking to you about now, but the whole lesson is how I got what I'm teaching you right now right. So it's not just about work, it's about home too. And because I learned to actually listen, squint with my ears, listen with intent to understand, that's the underlying key component Principle that I was able to apply to rebuild that relationship So when you listen to understand you're not agreeing or disagreeing You're simply trying to ensure you truly understand the other person a lot of times at work people are busy. Everybody's busy and unfortunately people who's who have formal authority leadership positions They have a choice. They could slow down and listen to the people, but a lot of them don't do it. They don't even see a need for it because they're managing people. They're not trying to build relationships and connect with people. The kind of leaders I try to grow and develop want to intentionally connect. And again, that's what all these podcast episodes, especially this 30-part series, is for the leader who wants to move beyond communication and begin connecting. And I'm going to say it again, if you want to connect quickly, squint with your ears to listen between the words for emotion, concern, fear, restraint, anger, distrust, uncertainty. And I hadn't actually said all that already when I said say it again, what I meant was squinting with your ears, repeating that, getting you to think about what that means. But it means listening between words. Squinting with your ears is when you're listening between words for emotion. That's where the eyes come in and you, help, you start. You, you can look for the emotion. You can look for the concern, for the fear, the restraint, the anger, the distrust, the uncertainty. You squint with your ears and hear it, but if you use those eyes too, you can listen a whole lot better when you're trying to understand. If you're just trying to give information, you could care less about that stuff. Actually, that stuff gets all in the way. But we ain't talking about low-impact leadership on the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. I talk about high-impact leadership. A high-impact leader's goal is to create an atmosphere of emotional safety. Built-on trust for their team members. Emotional safety. That means where they're willing to share Information. If a team member, if team members do not feel emotionally safe with their their boss. They're not going to share a lot of information, information the boss actually needs for that to happen. There's got to be a connection. And I love what Andy Stanley says. Andy Stanley stated it so well. And and this is one of my favorite quotes. I got a lot of favorite quotes, but but this is one of them for sure. Andy says this, leaders who don't listen will eventually be surrounded by people that have nothing to say. Wow, that that is so powerful. I have seen that so many times when I was consulting on process improvement, leading those leaders and their teams through over 11,000 hours of process improvement, organizational change, cultural transformation from 2005 to 2012. I saw this so many times, over and over and over. Team members frustrated, leaders frustrated. But it was exactly this principle that Andy shared. I won't say it again. Leaders who don't listen will eventually be surrounded by people that have nothing to say. So let me put that personal twist on that same quote from Andy to help you see how a principle applies everywhere. Because the principle in that quote applies everywhere. So let's take that home. Let's take it out of the workplace. Let's take that same principle home. I'm going to say it the way Andy wrote it, and I'm going to flip it over to what it could mean at home. So Andy says, leaders who don't listen will eventually be surrounded by people who have nothing to say. How does it go at home? Parents who don't listen will eventually be surrounded by children who have nothing to say. I meet a lot of parents and they tell me their children won't talk to them. I was one of them. That's what I was telling you about earlier with losing the relationship with my son. I lost the relationship. He no longer had anything to say to me. And the biggest reason was because I quit listening to him. All I did was direct his life. And there's a whole lot of leaders at work, bosses. That's their mission. They go in and direct people's life all day long. Tell them what to do. Don't build a relationship. Don't do any connection. So I want to share a story about this from my consulting days. And it speaks to Andy's quote, Leaders who don't listen will eventually be surrounded by people who have nothing to say. This, is, this, this, this example is actually in uh, chapter 11. And then I touch on it again here in chapter 12 in the book. But I want to share it with you. It won't be exactly like it's written in the book. I put a lot of thought when I was writing it in the book right now I'm just doing it off the cuff. I'm not looking at the book. I was in the room. I don't have to look at the book again. So I want to tell you, I was at this company and I was leading a, a 5s event, meaning we were working on standardization and organization of a, of a, a large uh, maintenance area. And so I was actually in there for multiple weeks on this project, but there was a, a maintenance manager let's say we started i think it was six in the morning so i would come in early maybe five forty-five in the morning i wasn't getting paid to be there early but i was there early to connect with the people to squint with my ears like we're talking about right here listening with the intent to understand so the night shift was getting off the day shift was coming in they would all meet and kind of overlap there and then the leader would come in at six o'clock their boss so i would come in again. About 15 minutes early and I had been working with them for a while you know a few several weeks and 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 i had been coming in early and getting to know them and and that sort of thing so what would happen was I'd come in they're talking night shift and first shift they're they're cutting up they're making jokes they're talking about what happened on the shift last night what the first shift the day shift needs to do and they're communicating back and forth like any great team does, that's actually what they were doing. They were all leading themselves very well and setting themselves up for success. So then six o'clock is time for the leader to come in, the boss. So the boss would come in six o'clock and I tell you what, he wasn't always there at six o'clock, but that's when he expected them to be there. Sometimes he was late. But whenever he did walk in, He'd come in with a a handful of papers. He'd walk in, get in the center of the room. As soon as he opened that door, though, and walked in, silence. All the laughing, all the relationship building, all the connection stopped instantly. And I'm telling you a specific story, but I've seen this happen over and over and over in my career as a consultant. Over and over. These low-impact leaders, this is how they lead. They, they boss their people. They don't lead their people. So this this guy walks in, Silence. He grabs his, you know, he raises up his, his papers. He's holding in his hand, and he starts telling everybody what they need to do today. And then when he gets done, he asks, are there any questions? Nobody talked while he was telling everybody what they needed to do. Nobody spoke up when he said, are there any questions? And he said, all right. And he turned around and walked out of the room. That's how terrible this guy's ability to lead was. When I'm telling you that story, it's pitiful. But I have seen it over and over. It's happening right now. I guarantee you, you've seen it. This guy didn't walk in say hello to anybody. He didn't have any conversation about anything. All the stuff they were saying that he actually needed to know, he never heard it. A lot of the things that he was telling them to do, they didn't need to do that. They needed to do something different, but he had no clue. Because he was living that principle by Andy Stanley. Leaders who don't listen, We'll eventually be surrounded by people who have nothing to say. And I tried to coach him and mentor him because when I was consulting, I was working both sides of the fence, trying to get everybody to build a relationship and connect and do all that stuff. But my formal job was leading process improvement at that time. It wasn't teaching leadership, although I still was doing it indirectly, sometimes directly. But what was neat was when that guy left, everybody come back to life. They made jokes about what he said or didn't say. They talked about what he said relative to what they already knew, and what they were planning. They started talking like they should be talking while he was in the room. All the stuff they said before he came in the room, they should have saved until he got in the room. But they were, they were not there to share with him. He was not there to listen to them even. When he asked them if they had any questions, what he meant was do, do you understand what I told you to do? That's what he meant. He didn't mean did they have any questions relative to the big picture? The reason I know this cuz I was in there multiple times. I was even in a meeting with this boss, this this maintenance manager and the plant manager because, see, I was all over the place. So I got to see from top to bottom, and I was all over. But I remember being in a meeting with the, the maintenance manager who I just described who didn't listen to the people, and the people wouldn't talk. And then I was also in a meeting with him and his boss, the plant manager. And the plant manager was asking the maintenance manager a question because the plant manager needed some information, but the plant, but the maintenance manager didn't have the information. He didn't know. That was his answer. I I don't know. I'll have to find out. And I was in the room, and I already knew. So I shared the information. Because the plant manager needed the information. I had it. I ain't worried about politics. I ain't stepping on somebody's toes. I'm being a good team member and sharing information. So that's what I did. And you can imagine what happened with the maintenance manager, because he's very insecure anyway. Likes being in control. Anyway, he didn't like that I had an answer and he didn't have an answer. So after all that was over, I later hear that, you know, he's had a meeting with his team. He's a jumped all over him. How come Mac knew that? And I didn't know that. You no, know, Mac was there 15 minutes early connecting. That's why I was in the room listening to him when they talked. They actually talked when I was in the room. They trusted me. But he... He went and jumped on them. He didn't thank me in the room or thank me afterward for sharing that information. He went and jumped on his team. Then he wanted to try to get them to quit talking around me. And I I guarantee you there's a good chance. The the story I'm describing, you've lived it many times in your career if you've worked in the blue-collar organizations long enough. This is why I'm passionate about what I do because what I just described to you is pure ridiculous. And it happens every day. And I'm getting fired up right now. You can probably tell it, but that's just the way it is. And I don't go in there and blame these people. I'm telling you a story that was in the past. When I was in there, I wasn't fired up like I am now. I'm trying to work and build relationships, build trust, get everybody else to work together as much as I can while I'm on the mission. And by the way, we killed the mission. We we slayed the dragon. It was awesome. In spite of that leader, the team made amazing things happen. But it wasn't because of that leader's leadership ability. It was because of mine. And I'm not tooting my horn. I'm tooting the horn of these principles. When you apply these principles, you get amazing results. And I'm going to tell you, this company paid me tens of thousands of dollars to be there for several weeks. They had been trying to do what we actually done in a few weeks. They had been trying to do it for years. But they didn't have the time. They couldn't do it. Nobody wanted to do it. Nobody get on board. Guess why? That leader I just described for you a minute ago. He couldn't make this stuff happen. He was actually a a thorn in my side to some degree while I was in there being responsible and being paid to make it happen. It was painful. Every day it was painful. But it didn't stop us. So I just want to share with you that stuff's out there. If it drives you nuts like it does me, learn this stuff. Lead your team well. Or if you're not a formal authority leader yet, learn this stuff. Take responsibility. Go accept more responsibility. Go get yourself put into a leadership position. And don't be the boss I just described. Be the leader we all wish we had. If you're that kind of leader, you that kind of person, you on my team, and I promise you, I'm on your team. This blue collar leadership brand that I have, it's not just my brand. It's everybody in the blue collar workforce, those who lead them and those who support them. All of us, it's our stuff to go out and make the workplace better. So I'm on, and think about this if you had a choice between two bosses and one was only concerned with ensuring you understood him or her. And the other was concerned with first ensuring that they understood you. Which would you prefer to have as a boss? It's common sense. The one who wants to understand you first. Which would you have more influence with? I mean, which one of those bosses would have more influence with you? The one who wanted to listen to you first. The one who wants to understand you. is common sense. But is that what most bosses do? Is that what your boss does? If you're a boss, is that what you do? Do you walk in the room, tell everybody what's going on? Because you're busy, you don't have time to connect? Are you like the boss I described a minute ago, but maybe hadn't really thought about it? Or do you walk in and connect with the team, slow down and listen? See, a low-impact leader thinks if they slow down and listen, they're slowing down. No. They're speeding up because they're getting all the information they don't have. Not having information and making decisions on bad information is what slows you down because now you have to do rework. Now there's all kind of politics. Now there's all kind of resistance. So I got a little fired up in this episode, but I kind of like it. So I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, go out and get the book. Dive in there. Mark it up digest it, go through each chapter, because I'm not sharing everything that's in the book. I'm just sharing random stuff that relates to a specific chapter that we're talking about in the book. Some of the quotes I share are direct from the book, but most of us just off-the-cuff speaking. And each chapter goes, deals upon the other as you go through it. But they're also standalone chapters. So I'm going to leave you with this quote by Peter Drucker. The most important thing in communication is to hear what isn't being said. The most important thing in communication is to hear what isn't being said. And see, when that boss walked in the room that I described, that story I told a minute ago, he didn't hear the silence. He didn't hear the silence. The room was full of silence. It was screaming at me. He couldn't even hear it. Silence tells a a high-impact leader, these people don't want to talk to me. They don't trust me. i got to build some relationship. I need these people on my team. They need to know I'm on their team. But a low-impact leader, they're glad it's silent. Nobody's asking questions. Nobody's giving suggestions and ideas. So I hope you enjoyed this session. Talk to you next time.
0: Make it happen, or someone else will. It might as well be you. Are you serious about taking your career and your life to the next level and beyond? Check out Max Story's Blue Collar Leadership series books and others, now available on audio, along with paperback and eBooks at Amazon iTunes and Audible. Please visit bluecollarleadership.com to learn about Max Books, programs, special offers, certifications and more. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership podcast.